Hey, welcome to Let's Parent on Purpose. This is your podcast if you're a parent who wants to thrive and not just survive these parenting years. My name is Jay Holland, and today I'm going to talk about a subject that we all have to wrestle through over and over again in our parenting, and that's prioritizing your battles. So let's get into it after this quick commercial. Today's Let's Parent on Purpose is brought to you by Racetrack Coffee. Actually, it's not, but if you haven't tried the new Racetrack Coffee, you really should. It's an incredible experience. They grind the beans. Like, you go up and you press a button on the computer screen. Uh, it grinds the beans right in front of you, and then the hot presses it through. So it's like a fancy Keurig that has fresh ground coffee beans instead of some vacuum-sealed cup of Keurig coffee. Uh, but anyway, if by some chance uh, Racetrack wants to sponsor this this uh, podcast. I sure wouldn't object. I love their coffee. You should go try it out today. Actually, the commercial is uh, inviting any parents that are in the uh, the Stewart area or the Treasure Coast area to a parent summit that we're going to be having at Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church on Sunday, the uh, Sunday, February 11th. I totally lost my train of thought there. Sunday, February 11th. This is at 9:30. It'll be upstairs in our student ministry room, and this is open for for parents of all ages, whether you belong to our church or not. Um, typically, what we do is we kind of do uh, a check in to find out uh, what parents are there and what stage of life they're in, and I bring a, a lesson not for myself, but we'll tap into uh, different parental experts and watch a video together normally and then have a really good discussion about it. And I think this time we're going to be looking at mile markers uh, for your your kids, uh, emotional mile markers, physical mile markers, character mile markers. So it's going to be really good. Mark your calendars down. It'd be a great time to invite a friend, um, maybe especially an unchurched friend friend who's not normally involved in a church somewhere. Those are really, really good times to do it. So that's February 9th, Sunday, February 9th, 930 at Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church. I'll put something up on the website about it. If you want any more information, letsparentonpurpose.com, at least a week out. It's not like you're going to read it more than a week out anyway. All right, with that, let me get into today's subject. And this is one where I honestly have to say when we went through foster parent training, I sat through a lot of it with just a lot of frustration uh, because maybe you'll be shocked to hear this, but I don't necessarily want to parent my kids the way that the state would recommend you parent a general population. Uh, Sometimes it it felt like the suggestions were were ridiculous and ludicrous, but this was a a topic that actually was really helpful, not just in the kids that we fostered, but uh, really in kind of having a, a framework for uh, battles in our house with our other kids. So, you know, I feel like I have really basic small desires for my kids. I feel like, I mean, if if they would just treat each other kindly, if they would speak to me and their, their mother respectfully and just simply do what we ask, if they'd give their best to their homework and chores, if they'd pick up after themselves, you know, and then maybe like... Four times a week. I know that's high, but like four out of seven days, preemptively notice when things need to be done and help somebody else out sometime. You know, like not just completely avoid something sitting in the floor just because they did not put it there. But I, that, that would be my goal, like my dream goal. Yes, I want them to love Jesus and follow God 
but in the house, I'd like them to treat each other nice, which is a part of loving Jesus and loving others, um, honor us, pick up after themselves, and once in a while help out beyond their own sphere. Simple goals, simple desires, but apparently um, really, really hard to get done. And, you know, that's it's just true. Like, if you think about yourself, you the things that are now habit, the things that are natural, you had reinforced a bazillion times in your life. And and we realize that the, the goals that I have, like, they're, they're little goals, but it's kind of the whole point of parenting. It's going to take you a long time to get to those goals. Um, it takes thousands of repetitions, thousands of, of reminders, and, and I know that I get tired and frustrated on some of these basic things. And so one of the questions that, that comes to mind is how do you train your kids to develop character, responsibility, and industry, for a lack of a better word, um, without living in constant tension or crushing their spirits because you're having to correct them all the time? Um, and this is where, going through foster training, we were introduced to a concept that I don't know that I'd ever heard talked about this way before, but it made a lot of sense. And so they use the term junk behavior. Uh, and let me, let me first just kind of give you a scenario and then it'll be easier to define junk behavior. When you're bringing in a, a child from the foster system, you have no idea what kind of background they've been in, but you know, something has not gone well, you know, either family has died or there's a substance abuse problem, or there's some kind of neglect. There's something that has been to such detriment in the child's life that the the state steps in and removes them and puts them in another home. Um, so these kids, you know, a lot of times they'll come with nothing or just with things thrown in a trash bag to come to them. Um, but not just that, like they, it's like they come with very little supplies and they come with a whole lot of baggage. And so one of the challenges that you have is that you then have to figure out how do we immerse this new child into the way that our family does things um, because they maybe haven't been trained in any of it. You know, we've, we've had ones where, you know, elementary kids ate food with their hands and didn't know how to use utensils. I mean, we've had kind of the whole gamut of things. And so it's a struggle because, you know, you, you have in your mind this idea that at a certain age, a child should be able to do this and should refrain from doing this. And a lot of times, you know, when you're dealing in the foster system, or you're dealing with special needs kids, it just doesn't work that way. They're just not at that level. Um, so, it, you know, in this scenario, let's say that you get a kid and um, they have a lot of trauma that they've dealt with in their life. And also they want to uh, hoard food in the room. Um, and, and you don't want any food in your room because you don't want any food in the rooms because that will, will cause pests and mice and everything like that. Um, we did a, a podcast some time ago with my friend Bradley that talked about behavior should make you curious. And, you know, the first thought will be, no, no food in the room and let's do consequences if there's food in the room, if that's one of your house rules. But you would have to then go back and ask yourself, okay, well, why are they, why are they hoarding food in the room? Maybe because they don't get food much. Maybe there's a high competition in their house for food. There could be any number of reasons. It could be security. It could be the only thing they feel like they can control. And so, you know, in, in a foster situation, you're aiming to build trust. You're aiming to try to figure out what's the most important things for me to work on right now. And even though there's a bunch of behaviors that you don't like, um, you have to treat some of them as junk behavior for that time. 
So uh, a simple definition of junk behavior could be behaviors that are annoying, unpleasant, um, that you ultimately don't want in your kids, but they're not immediately harmful. Um, so junk behavior, annoying, unpleasant, but not immediately harmful. And honestly, in some situations, the behaviors, we would consider them sinful. They're, they're, we know that they're not right. Um, I, I remember we had a, a kid one time that was just kind of a compulsive liar. And, you know, in our, in our household, truth and integrity is, is a really important thing. And when we catch our kids in lies, there's pretty serious consequences because trust is violated. Um, in, in this child, we realized that there are so many issues going on that we're just going to have to look at these completely audacious lies that are so obvious. That was one of the nice things is like, it's not like the lies fooled you. They were just baloney. Uh, they were made up stories about whatever. We had to treat those as junk behavior because there were really uh, much greater issues as far as establishing trust, establishing attachments, um, and basic life skills. So let me give you another example. This is this is in my current household right now. Um, we have a little girl who has a lot of impulse issues, and so it's really hard for her to sit still, really hard for her to have self-control. There's a lot of things that it's challenging with. So a common occurrence at our dinner table, um, we try to have dinner together multiple times a week, and, uh, you know, I don't even want to go into the arguments and negotiations that go on over who gets to sit by mom. There is never an argument over who gets to sit by dad, only over mom. Um, so there tells you who's the favorite in my house. But anyway, um, that's a rabbit trail. I need counseling for that one, I guess. Um, anyway, the, uh, common occurrence at our dinner table is we're all around. We are trying to have conversation. We're trying to get along. And my youngest girl, the one that has impulse issues will almost always ask to get up and go to the bathroom. And so she'll get up and go to the bathroom during dinner. Um, she'll do a few cartwheels. She'll come sit back down. She'll eat a couple pieces of food. She'll find some other reason to get up. She won't ask this time. She'll find some other reason to get up, to take something in the trash or just to walk a loop around the table. She'll do another couple cartwheels. She'll sit back down. Um, she'll slide under the table. She'll find the dog. She'll sit back down, eat a little bit more, a few more cartwheels. It's honestly, it's super, super annoying. And we have tried at different times to just make her sit still during the entire dinner. And what we find is like, it's, it's sabotaging dinner. Um, because that, like, that is one of many challenges that, that she has and putting all of our effort and energy on that. Number one, we're angry and frustrated. Uh, she just feels upset all the time because she's the object of, of, um, discipline or uh, frustration. And the other kids get nothing out of the meal because all of our attention is focused on sit still and, and so forth. So here's the rule in the Holland household. Nobody else gets to get up and do cartwheels. Uh, nobody else gets to get up and wander around. Nobody else gets to crawl under the table. We, we voice the correction with, with the youngest, um, but we just have to kind of look at that as junk behavior right now because there's a whole score of things that need to be trained in that are honestly more important in her life for her success and thriving right now than being able to sit at the table without getting up and doing a cartwheel. Now, I'm giving you kind of an, a ridiculous example, but this is this is where we live. This is our life. Um, in in other kids, though, you, you need to realize that at every stage of life, in every stage of development, 
there are going to be annoying and frustrating habits that your kids have that that may be things that just drive you crazy. Some of them may be wrong things. And you have to work through picking your battles to decide what are the core issues that I need to work on now, what are the non-negotiables, and what are things that... I want them to change, but I'm willing to let ride right now because I don't want to dogpile on my kid. I don't want to, I don't want all of my interactions to be corrections. And so, you know, this can change by the child. This can change um, by the time of life they're in. But I'll tell you just real quickly what, what embracing this concept of junk behavior has done uh, in my household. First off, it's given us the freedom to be inconsistent in our parenting. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is we love all of our kids, and I fully believe we love all of our kids with our full capacity. We do not love all of our kids the same. Um, number one, that like that's just kind of a ridiculous statement because everybody's different. Every single person is different. And so you you don't love them the same. You love them uniquely. And because we love them uniquely, there's a general set of rules and guidelines for everybody in the, in the family, but then they're fine-tuned based on who they are and, and how, how they behave. So, you know what? It might be frustrating to my other kids that they don't get to get up and do cartwheels during dinner, um, but they know better and they have the capacity to not do that. At the same time, they get the freedom of running around the neighborhood with their friends, um, the one that does cartwheels at the table doesn't have that freedom. And so, you know, there's, there's different responsibilities, there's different standards, and, and we all know this, right? This is natural. We all parent differently, um, but sometimes we, we try to blanket over, oh, we have the same standard for everybody. You probably don't, and there's probably a really good reason for it, and it's not because one kid is your favorite and you just hate the other one. So the first thing it did was it gave us freedom to be inconsistent in our parenting, the second is it calmed our frustrations um, that we might be raising social deviants. And let me explain that. Um, when you see, you know, a list of five to ten things that you feel like, oh, my goodness, if I sent this child out into the world with these habits, um, they're going to be homeless or in jail. And uh, maybe that's true. But the good news is, in most cases, you're not sending them out into the world to live on their own next week. Your goal is to grow them and responsibility as they get older and older. So, you know, as as our kids get older, there should be less rules and more responsibility and greater trust. Um, but in the meantime, I, I'm not so worried about some of these little behaviors, even though I know they're wrong. Um, and what little behaviors am I talking about? Um, some of them, again, are wrong and right. Some of them are preference. And uh, let me just give you a list that, depending on your kid, and depending on the stage of life you're in, these could be junk behavior or it could be the next issue that you need to work on. So one would be like messy rooms. Um, yeah, if, if, if somebody doesn't learn to pick up after themselves, they're either going to, you know, hopefully marry a spouse that just loves being a maid their entire life or they're going to live sloppy and alone um, or get into a lot of fights with their spouse. Um, so messy rooms, just picking up after yourself in general, dress and clothing. Um, and I'm speaking more of like sloppiness and styles. Like kids are always going to like things that their parents don't like. And on my end, I don't care about sloppiness so much. Um, I care about modesty. So I, I prefer sloppy, modest versus 
really put together matching immodest clothing. So, you know, dressing clothing, though, that's one that sometimes it's a junk behavior. Maybe your kid goes through a, I'm wearing all black or I'm wearing the same um, same pair of pants every day and on and on. Um, you know, I <laughs> when I was in college, I got away with wearing the same pair of slacks uh Every, and, and actually the same dress shirt. And this is funny. It was in a military school. I did it from April 1st until June 1st, the exact same one, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, every week to school, never washed it. As long as I didn't spill spaghetti on it, I was good to go. Um, I don't do that now because I, when I was in military school, I wasn't worried about women. Um, but my wife likes when I change clothes. So that worked itself out. Um, so dress and clothing. Um, a couple other ones that are kind of frustrating, but again, might get in the way of bigger things you're teaching are like, you know, sighing, back talking, dragging their feet or procrastinating as, as you're asking them to do things. Uh, sometimes slang words, and I don't mean like letting your kids cuss, but, uh, using the same, you know, things are, I don't even know what's popular now, but at one time saying cool was really foreign to a set of adults when you were talking about things being good. And then how can cool and hot be the same thing? So we know this, right? Like this happens. It's going to happen with your kids. They may say things that just annoy the daylights out of you. You got to decide whether it's a battle to pick or not. Um, table manners, a big one for younger kids. Like you want them to be great, but you can't work on every table manner all the time. Uh, sometimes dinner needs to be focused on what happened in their day, character, talking about the goodness of the Lord, all of these things. And if you're harping over hands in your lap and napkins and all of that, it, it might get in the way. Um, moodiness. There are reasons that kids are moody and we can't make them be happy any more than they can make us be happy. So these are just little examples and I could go on and on and on. Um, but basically the primary point that I want you to remember today is that you have to choose and prioritize. Um, we use the word battles, but I don't, I don't want to battle my kids. Like I want to train them and I want to correct them. And so in, in even saying prioritize your battles, we want to prioritize the training. We want to prioritize the teaching. I don't want to teach my kids to battle me over stuff. So we want to prioritize what's important to work on now. We want to learn to recognize junk behavior for what it is and not be distracted by junk behavior, um, especially if that junk behavior is actually going to to, um, to distract us from dealing with the most important stuff. So in some senses, it's a simple concept. In reality, it's a, it's a continual challenge because the junk behavior changes all the time and the things that need to be worked on uh, change all the time. But don't give up on it. Keep it in mind and... And I promise you, if you do, some of these things that are super annoying now, they're just going to resolve themselves and you don't even have to worry about them. Some of them, the time will come, the situation will come, and you'll have the perfect teaching opportunity. And in the meantime, you didn't have to harp on everything as you went along. Hey, thanks so much for listening. And I have a favor to ask. If this is helpful for you, think of one person you know that it would also be helpful for and share this episode with them. Um, you can also reference them to letsparentonpurpose.com if they like reading and blog form better and get them hooked on past archives so that maybe Racetrack Coffee one day sponsors this and we'll all be happy. 
This is Jay Holland reminding you that this is a marathon, not a sprint. Thanking you so much for joining us. And again, reminding you about our parent conference, our parent summit, February 11th. 2018 at Covenant Fellowship Baptist Church in Stewart, Florida. God bless you guys. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.